This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We have a game seven. Round one, the best season, regular season in the, in the history of the NHL, and the Boston Bruins are going to game seven against the Florida Panthers, which, look, every every playoff series you can't take for granted. It's just not how they drew it up. There's They lost seven to five. It was six to five with an empty net down in Florida for the Panthers to force game seven. And believe it or not, Bridget and Scott, Last night, I was just so beside myself at at just how this Bruins team just keeps finding ways to shoot themselves in the foot. And if we recorded last night, I probably would be acting like the sky is falling. Fortunately, we got a nice sleep to, to sleep on it. And I really – I still think the sky is falling a little bit, but there, there, there is a lot – there are a lot of positives to take from this game, in my opinion, like – which we'll get into, but of course there are a lot of negatives, a lot of negatives. So we'll dive into all of that. Bridget Scott, just your initial reactions to this series going seven. Well, I'm glad you got your beauty sleep, Brian, and that you're feeling a little bit better this morning. <laughs> I don't feel great, but there, there are some positives that I last will night say, I wasn't thinking of. I woke up feeling no better about what happened in game six because it's, it's so uncharacteristic that and there's just too much to talk about. Like, I know we go long sometimes, but this, I hope we don't like it. We could talk about this game for a week probably. And lucky for the Bruins. Uh, it's right now we're recording. It's Saturday morning and the talk shows don't start back up again. Like the, the main talk shows don't start back up again until after game seven, because I can just hear, what was what's going on and and I know I feel like Adam Jones is just yelling takes at himself in the mirror this morning um and he's gonna call him to Sunday skate he's gonna because him and I got into an argument two weeks ago at the beginning of the playoffs um I was on with them and we were in an argument because he said that Bruins goaltending is the thing he's most concerned about and I told him he was stupid and, <laughs> and look where we are now like I the blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes, I guess. Uh, the Bruins did this to themselves. It didn't make any sense to me that goaltending would be the biggest issue, right? The turnovers, maybe. Like, um, the blips in focus, sure. I, I, You know, sometimes that happens. And Florida putting on a lot of pressure, forcing mistakes, could have seen all of that. Did not see the goaltending being this bad right now and also thought we'd see swimming by this point and we probably should have in game six and Montgomery after the game said he thought about switching goaltenders and he he was asked when he didn't really give a, a full answer but it, he said after the the first period at some point so um not sure exactly when but Omar clearly didn't have it from the beginning he could not hold on to a puck and um it ended up being a high scoring game not surprisingly with the way that he was playing the Bruins gave up quite a bit of goals and all 
almost all of it self inflicted really all of it self inflicted yeah it's it's self inflicted on and off the ice on the ice as we talked about after games 2 and game 5 and can talk about again just brutal turnovers brutal defensive zone play two of them from Connor Clifton in game 6 leading to goals another shift where that Clifton Forbert pairing got pinned in their own zone and, and they're chasing the play. They're both below the goal line at one point guys open it out front. Um, McAvoy and Orlov got scrambly on one of the goals where they both end up kind of out of position. McAvoy uh, allows Barkov to get in inside position. He ends up being the goal scorer. Um, yeah. Just so sloppy. The Allmark clearly off his game got beat by a couple stoppable shots. Bridget, you mentioned he, it couldn't seem to squeeze the glove, like had several shots just bounce out of his glove that created some unnecessary chaos. Um, you know, I think it's now been a couple of games that he hasn't looked very good. And then the off the ice stuff, the, the coaching, the personnel decisions. Yeah. I think not playing Swayman at some point in the series was a mistake. And, you know, look, like I, I obviously advocated for just keeping the rotation um, even if you don't do that though, they've said all along they're comfortable with either goalie. They'd be okay with turning to Swayman. They have trust in him. He was just as good as Allmark the second half of the season. And their actions haven't backed it up. There's been several opportunities to get Swayman into the series. And outside of three minutes after Allmark, you know, takes a misconduct for trying to fight Kachuk. Swayman hasn't seen the ice. You know, he could have been in after game two. He could have been in while Allmark has, was clearly dealing with something. He was a game time decision at one point, you know, at, going into game three. You could have gone to Swayman up three to one. You could have gone to him after game five when Allmark had struggled. You could have gone to him at almost any point during game six, make an in-game change. And now you leave yourself in this position where for game seven, it's either stick with Allmark and, pray to God that he turns this around or you go to a Swayman who's coming in cold and has faced a grand total of one shot and goal in game action in the last two weeks. And there's, there's plenty of other, you know, personnel things there too. Why did Grizzly get pulled? Why go back to a forward Clifton pairing that struggled in games one and two and struggled again in game six? Why is Trent Frederick your sixth leading goal scorer for the season a healthy scratch two games in a row. Like lots of discuss, but yeah, a lot of it self-inflicted. And and I feel like they've on the goaltending part in particular, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner um, by not being willing to make a change earlier. Yeah. And, and you mentioned Scott, the the predicament that they're in for ga- going into game seven, like there's so many people. I think the majority of people would rationally say based on Olmark's performance, the last couple of games, and let's face it, Game five, I'm not trying to pin a 60-plus-minute game on one player, but that was a game-costing mistake in game five. You score five goals on the road or in any environment in the playoffs, you should win that goddamn game. And he gives up six goals last night. He is absolutely the biggest reason that this is going seven games right now, it, straight up. But so, yeah, so like, do you just hope that, he, that he's ready to go for game seven? 
like rationally you want to go Swayman, but the reason that the only reason you wouldn't go Swayman is for the reason you said he's just he hasn't played. So to sit on the bench for an entire series and then your first start is game seven. Good luck, pal. That's a that's a tough that's a tougher call to make than it should be because based off of Allmark's play, it should be an easy decision. Go to Swayman, considering that he's a very good goalie as well. But because he hasn't played, it makes it tougher. And we're gonna we're gonna get to that. Yeah, Bridget, do you want to follow up on that? No, there's there's a lot of stuff there there's so too, much because to because it is a tough call because like you mentioned he hasn't played in a while but then what if like so if he plays bad the season is over if he plays well what do you do next series you ride the guy ball yeah it, 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 so you you open yourself up to so much criticism for how you handled it no matter what goal you choose for game seven. Right. No matter, no matter what. And if you're all Mark, um, he had some more little comments after the game where someone asked him if he's feeling okay. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Um, and that's how he is. Like we said, that's how he is. Now, did that piss people off? I'm sure it did. Um, but anyhow, um, it did, it did kind of feel like wanting to brush brush it off, but almost in a way that was not taking accountability. So that's probably where some people um, have, you know, are able to say, okay, I don't know why he's acting like this, but either way um, you're in a bad position. Cause what do you do for, for all Mark's mental sake and to preserve his, whatever, like um, his own, mental state and also like reputation or whatever you want to say do you have to say he's injured in order to make the switch or can you just go it's no like it was just bad like I feel like almost they will want to go with oh he's not 100% and then you open yourself up to why you're playing a goalie that's not 100% so it's yeah. it's a whole drama yeah you you just say you're going with the you're making the decision you think gives you the best chance to win you pull a Belichick like it's the playoffs. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to give us details. You don't have to. Anyone, tell, and they haven't. <laughs> you don't have to tell me how injured Allmark is or break down every single goal he gave up. You just say, we're going with Swayman. We think he gives us the best chance. That's it. Like, it, you know, I, I would love if Jim Montgomery or even goalie Bob came out and like gave us a ton of detail and I could write four stories off it. But for the sake of like the team and, and what they're doing going into game seven, they don't have to explain any of that to us. So like, I don't really care how they justify it or what explanation they give. Like you just have to make the decision that you think gives you the best chance. And because Swayman hasn't played like that is an actual discussion. Um, you know, Brian, you're right. Like logically you'd be like, all Mark has had two straight bad games. Of course you'd go to the other guy, but that other guy, has, like I said, has faced one shot and goal in a game in, in two weeks. So, um, just to get it out there now, like I would go with Swayman. That would be my call mm -hmm. that I, I understand there's probably some rust, but you know, look, he's been in practice. He's at least been facing shots. Like obviously it's very different than a game, but I don't, I don't think you can risk going with Allmark again. I think whether it's physical, mental combination of both, he clearly looks worn down. His play has declined as the series has gone on. I'm not taking the risk of just crossing my fingers and hoping he figures it out for game seven. Like I, I think, I think you have to make the switch because if you go down, if you play all Mark again and he struggles again and now your season's over, like to me, that would be the hardest decision to explain is 
how did you, you had this other goalie who was just as good for over half the season? How did you just go down in the first round without even giving him a chance, without even getting him into any of the games? Like that would be, I don't think you could possibly justify that. I I just feel I I understand that there's I definitely feel a little bit uneasy putting Swayman into a game seven environment where it's it's winner go home and he hasn't played in a while. There is unease there for me, but there is far more unease for me putting Allmark back in the net. I am a hundred percent with you, Scott. I want Swayman in there. I also think Swayman is one of those goalies who he just I think he I think he really relishes like the challenge of 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 doing something great and being in that high pressure situation. He's one of those crazy goalies that likes shootouts. He loves he loves shootouts. I just like I can't I can't watch this Bruins team have the season that they did and and go into game 7 with Allmark in net because I have zero confidence in him. And 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 maybe he's healthy. Maybe he's not. I will tell you this. The Florida Panthers scored six goals on him last night. Of course, the seventh goal is an empty netter. I'm being generous here in saying that at least four of them I hated. They were bad goals to give up. They were shots from distance. They were shots that weren't like that great. They weren't that. I mean, the Montour goal, mm-hmm. the, 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 the first goal of the game was a bad goal to give up. The sixth goal of the game was a bad goal to give up. Yes, there was bad coverage down low on some of the Kachuk goals and this and that. But all, but again, I, I'm being generous. I might even say five of the six goals were bad. And I might say all six goals were bad. Like, he could have stopped all six of those. Like, even the Barkov one, it's he's scrambling again. There was bad coverage in front of him. I admit that. But he was absolutely terrible. Terrible. There's This is one of those games where there's so much on my mind and so much on your minds. I... I'm getting like scrambled egg brain because I, I just want to – there's so many things I want to talk about. The, the the good news is we have plenty of time to do so. Ryan, you maybe just go back to bed for a second. I've been, up, I've been up since 6 a.m. I've been, I've been, <laughs> I really have. I've been up since 5.30 this morning, actually. So I've had plenty of time to stew on this. But, Bridget, at the at the risk of, of me rambling too much on Olmark and Swayman, what would you do for Game 7? Swayman. Swayman, okay. absolutely. Swayman should have been in Game uh, 6 at some point. Um, and – yeah, so it has to be Swayman, right? Um, I can't, I can't find a way to justify Allmark the way that he's been playing. I mean, and I know you can go, oh, Vesna Trophy winner, whatever you want to say. Like best, he was the clear number one going into the playoffs. But we always said one A, one B, and I do think Swayman is has the right personality to come in, um, and take care of things. Um, he has, I would say he has a, a pretty different personality than Allmark where um, he, he's kind of, I mean, he's not snarky or anything like that. He's calm. He's very calm. And they, I feel like they need that right now. They need to know that um, obviously they've been making a lot of mistakes. They need to know the goalie back there can, can stop a few of their uh, mistakes from going into the back of the net. Um, so I see Swayman as well. It, yeah. Yeah. And like, if we, if we look at recent history with the Bruins and the playoffs and potential goalie switches, I know new coach, obviously, right. Jim Montgomery, this is the first time he's gone through it, but goalie coach Bob Asenza has been there for all of it. And both Montgomery and Cassie before him often 
just to throw to a census. So you can go go back two years to when Tuka Rask is banged up, clearly doesn't look like himself, is struggling a little bit against the Islanders, and the Bruins stuck with him. They didn't go to Swayman. Swayman at that point was a rookie. He had played well in the regular season but was inexperienced. Last year, we saw them willing to make a change. Elmark doesn't look great in the first two games against Carolina. They go to Swayman. Now, that change happens between game two and three, not game six and seven. So it's a, it is a totally different beast in that sense. Um, but it's fascinating because like both, both are on goalie Bob's record in recent years. One example of him probably sticking with his guy too long. Another where he was willing to make a change. So um, it's going to be fascinating. Like I, I think if you look at last year and you're like, okay, two tough starts in a row for Allmark led to the switch to Swayman. Well, two tough starts in a row for Allmark, even though it's a game seven, to me should lead to the switch to Swayman. Like I, I get wanting to go back to him after one. I mean, look, they went back to him for game three after a tough game two, and it paid off. Allmark played really well games three and four in Florida, and they get two wins. So in that sense, yeah, I, I would have gone to Swayman after game five, but I understand at least I at least understand where they were coming from going back to him for game six because they could point and say, well, look, we already showed faith in him earlier in this series and he rewarded us. Let's show faith again. But now it's been two games in a row. To me, you you have to do the you have to make the switch now. Yeah, and, and like as I as I think about last night, like the Reinhardt goal, I think in the on the power play, he was all alone in the slot. I won't fault Olmark for that one. And the Barkov one was a scramble. I still think he went a little Tim Thomas for my liking in that. But those those two goals, I will like I will not solely blame Allmark for it, especially the Reinhardt goal. The other four, yes, there were breakdowns, yes, there were giveaways, but that was just brutal. And I just feel like if it, this this series should have been over in five. I mean, who, like who who knows what happens in game five if 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 that blunder doesn't happen? Like the Bruins had the momentum in the third period. What I don't like about this team right now is that their situational hockey is brutal, absolutely brutal. They are doing defensively, they are doing everything in their power outside of games three and four to lose this series. They're they're coughing the puck up, they're careless, but situationally, the Panthers are winning the series every time that there's that, that one of the teams punches the other and the other one punches back, the Panthers get that final blow to it's not even just the amount of goals. Olmark gave up and the team gave up. It's when they gave them up, you, 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 you tie the game, you give it back. You give them the lead back. You take the lead. You give the, you, it's, it's tied 20 seconds later. That cannot happen. And there were other brainless mistakes too outside of Clifton and Allmark, like Lindholm. You just get a you just get a five four lead on a shorthanded goal, and you have nobody on you, and you just nonchalant clear the puck over the glass by about ten feet. What do you and and they and then they score in the power play tie the game. He's been brutal. I don't care what anybody says about the underlying analytics. Lindholm has been not great. He's had, he's had good moments. I'm sure he has some good analytics to back up to, to counter what I'm saying, but he has not been the guy that they need him to be. I'll just put it that way. The the to me the, the Lindholm Kylo pairing is still the like the least of my concerns, honestly. Like that they're at least not getting scored on. Yes, I would like to see Lindholm do more offensively, but at least that pairing isn't giving up much. And Lindholm's clear over the glass aside, 
I don't think they're making the completely boneheaded turnovers that other pairings are making. Um, I thought, you know, like I, said, I mentioned, McAvoy and Orlov getting scrambly. I, th- I think McAvoy has obviously been really good most of this series. Orlov has been very up and down, and I thought game six was was a down game for him. Um, and Clifton, Clifton and Forbard just not good enough. They've been together three games in the series and have been bad in all three. Like, I, I don't get going back to them. I don't know what Montgomery is looking for there. Like I, before the game, I, on Twitter, like I put it kindly saying you're, you're conceding too much defensive zone time by putting that pairing together. Like you're basically just accepting that most of their shifts are going to be in the D zone. And as you can say like, Oh, well we trust them to make the right plays or whatever. Well, they haven't earned that trust in this series and you're against a team like Florida that is gets right on top of you. That's fast and aggressive and, and physical. Like you're opening yourself up to the possibility of more mistakes that like they're the more time you spend in your zone, the more chances that you're giving the Panthers to get on top of you and force those turnovers. And the, then the Bruins are committing turnovers, even when they're not right on top of them. Like it's, it's, it's so frustrating. And um, yeah, so like I, I didn't, I didn't get that move. And you know, there's plenty of other stuff we can talk about forwards up front. Like I actually thought, I thought Krejci looked pretty solid in his turn. I thought that was the Bruins. Can, best I, can I, can I just jump in before we go to Krejci? Yeah. Um, so in terms of the defenseman, uh, I feel like the one move that Montgomery made during the series that made a positive difference was when he brought Grizzlick in and then he put Grizzlick right back out. And, and the reason why you bring Grizzlick in was obvious and it was um, transition and, you know, puck moving and, and we, we know what kind of defenseman Grizzlick is. Um, and that McAvoy Grizzlick pair has been good. So, you know, that, that one change, I feel like was the best change he made. And then he reverses it. Um, and not saying, you know, we, we said last podcast, Oh, probably time to get Clifton in, but we didn't see that Clifton. We, we saw, um, Cliffy hockey, the, the bad version, as he would say, cause, um, he told us he doesn't like that nickname because the connotations it used to have, which were the ill-advised penalties, um, the, you know, the turnovers, the, the, that's what we saw from him um we had too aggressive like yes well bridget Um, we also bridget we also we also made that comment with the asterisk that was unspoken that like yeah we want clifton back in but not at the expense of grizzly we want him back in at the expense of forbert yes yeah um and that this is a move that was just clearly from the beginning didn't work i mean he gets a charging penalty he had two field clears that led to goals. Um, that pair was on the ice for a few of the goals, at least two, like I said. Um, I'd have to double check. I'm pretty sure it was more. Um, and it was just an all-around rough night. I would say Allmark was a very clearly rough night for him and Clifton as well. Um, probably two of the, the biggest culprits in the loss. Why, why, why do you guys think he – Took Grizzly go because I was trying to figure this out. And one thing that came to mind is like, were they pinning that overtime turnover on Grizzly? Like, d- in their minds, did Grizzly not communicate well enough? And is that why? Because like, I didn't see anything else in game five where I was like, 
boy, Grizzly looks rough out there. Like, you might have to sit him down. So I was trying to think, like, is it just that mistake or is there some other reason for it? Because I, like, at no point was I thinking, you know, that might be a lineup switch you have to make. Like, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I missed something, but I didn't think Grizzly played poorly. He didn't. And while the rest of the world was was saying that that play is should be mainly on Olmark, I, I I did hear, and it may have been on it may have been on EEI radio, but somebody, I'm not sure if it was on the morning show, if if Greg said something or somebody somebody heard something from somebody that internally, the Bruins viewed that as more of a of of, of, a, of a blunder on Grizzly because of what you said, Scott, like a lack of communication, and and uh, and if that's why they sat him out because of something that really should, I mean, come on, the goalie has to be responsible for for the goalie playing the puck in that situation, but. I mean, I, that's all I could think of, Scott. Other because other, other than that blunder, to your point, I thought he was playing well. I think Greg does know someone in Grizzlick's camp, if I recall correctly. Greg has had other insights or or re- like reports or whatever about stuff that um, involved Grizzlick. Yeah, Greg. Greg was the one who reported last year. I think that like Cassidy had gone on Grizzlick and Bergeron had to step in. So. Yeah, Brian, I, I do know what you're talking about. I think I think that was Greg. I think it was that show. I just don't know why to your to your your comment on past episodes, like the best five on five D pairs that they could have, the best the, the best six guys for them would be in, in no particular order, but McAvoy, Lindholm, Orloff, Carlo, Clifton, and Grizzly. I just don't understand. I understand, I understand, and I'm trying not to be hypocritical because there have been points throughout this podcast in the recent weeks where I've 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 wanted somebody's number in the lineup, like Forbert, for example, earlier on in the series, or Cliff uh, Grizzly at other points. And last episode, I wanted Clifton in in Game Six, but but every time that every time that that Montgomery ends up putting somebody in that we actually wanted to put in, he's not he's taking somebody else out that we wanted to stay in. And it's and, and I just I could, I was so like annoyed when I saw that Clifton and Forbert were the pairing instead of like Clifton and Grizzly or or whomever. I just I I didn't want. Clifton and, and, and forward together and I like whatever. So and the Frederick know, thing, the Frederick thing also puzzles me. Well, and to that point, Bridget. So Frederick Frederick comes out because Krejci's back in the lineup last game, right? So Frederick comes out, Felino stays in, and I wanted to ask you guys that second giveaway that led to a goal by Clifton, the six five ultimate game winning goal. I definitely think Clifton, when the puck's on your stick. And you don't have that many people on you, you gotta make you gotta make sure it gets out, hundred percent. And I think he prematurely dished it to, to Felino with somebody on Felino's back. So I would put a lot of the onus on Clifton, but I think I think Felino deserves some some significant blame there too, because the puck was on his stick and he did not protect it at all. And next, like the the pass from Clifton was tape to tape to Felino. Would I have recommended that pass in that moment of time? Not necessarily, but things happen quick. And that's a play that, that that's a pass that happens all the time. I mean, I think Clifton should have taken the ice that was given to him or at the very least lost it out of the zone, make sure it gets out. He didn't, he gave it to Felino, but Felino coughed it right up. He was unaware of who was on his back and that, that puck did hit his tape blade on his forehand. So I feel like Clifton is being a little bit of the scapegoat there, which he should be, but I think Felino should wear some of that too. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I actually like next next chance where, where I'm not talking. I want to look at the replay because I was wondering like if Felino had 
a chance to come down further in the zone. And I want to watch to, to see, like, if he just came off the bench and, and, you know, to the blue line is as far as he could get, that's one thing. But, like, if he just posted up there, that's exactly where the defenseman's going to be to try to keep it in. So I was wondering, like, did he have a chance to come to come down the wall at all? But either way, yeah, it seemed like, you know, the safe play for Felina would have been just chip that. Like, just, you know, get your stick on it, whack it further, make sure it gets out of the zone. And, you know, I don't know if he was trying to catch the pass, handle it, whatever. But, yeah, he obviously, like, he had a defenseman right on him, and defenseman wins the battle. You know, puck stays in the zone. So definitely fault on, on both. I, I do still put most of it on Clifton because it's up to him to recognize the situation and realize there's a guy right on Felino and that might that's not a safe pass. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, Felino could have done more as well. And not, but not even just like a mistake, like not even just taking out him out for a mistake. I think Frederick has more he can give than Felino does in this series because both Felino and him are physical and, you know, they can, they can play that style of game. So, you know, that's the same, but Frederick plays sometimes on the penalty kill. Frederick can play more minutes. Felino, we mentioned last game, didn't have all that much time on ice. Um, Frederick can play on the fourth line, or if you need to shuffle him around, he can play with Coyle. Um, like he, you, you have a guy that you can move to more places and expect to do more things and possess. I think his puck possession is better than Felino's. I think he, you know, um, he is pretty strong when he has the puck. I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of reasons why Frederick um, should have stayed in. And I know it's a tough call because, you know, you're, you're talking about taking out Felino, who's a veteran and that you were like, you, you count on him for some of the stuff on the bench um, the same way you would for Bergeron. But um, I just feel like Frederick gives you more options and he was getting under people's skin and he was taking Kachuk off his game at times and, and, um, he was playing that game right back with some of the agitators in uh for Florida in the early games in the series. So um I and I think I've said nothing but positive things about Frederick for the most part this series, and um he ends up out of the lineup. I think Felino would be the natural one to take out um at this point. But we're talking about more adjustments based off of past mistakes and everything and the, the only problem is now it's a game seven and your adjustments better work. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, we're, we're talking in a, a post an end of the season podcast, next podcast. And we're going to be talking about all, oh, you know, this, this adjustment and that adjustment should have done this. Should've. I don't know. Yeah. And, and so, so I did just rewatch that goal. Felino definitely had a chance to come further down the wall. I don't really know why he was so high in the zone on that. So um, definitely plenty of blame there. The refs also missed a trip right before that. Shouldn't have mattered. Bruins still should have made the, the clean play, but um, yeah, anyways. 